Okay, so today's daf is Ayin Hay in uh, Masechet Iruvin. We are on Ayin Hay uh, Amud Alpha at the Mishnah, New Mishnah. And now we've, we've encountered some of these ideas previously, so uh, they should sound a little bit familiar. It says, You have two chatserot, one inside the other. Meaning to say, the inside one, its exit to the public domain is through the outside one. Okay, so there's an, there, the way that it's structured, it doesn't have its own exit, it exits through the outside one. So, so the issue is like this. The, the residents of the inner courtyard and of the outer courtyard, each one have to uh, participate in some kind of in order to allow them to carry items from their homes to the shared chatser on Shabbat. So uh, if the inner courtyard made such an eruv, but the outer courtyard did not, so the outer one is going to be forbidden because they didn't make an eruv, but the inner one will be okay because they did. Now, the, the, the reason is because the inner one is, has an impact on the outer one, but the outer one has no impact on the inner one. The people that live in the outer one never come into the inner one. The inner one has to exit... Through the outer one. So they have a connection to the outer one, but the outer one doesn't affect them. If the outer one made an eruv, but the inner one did not, so that's actually the, a bad situation. Why? Because if the inner one made an eruv, but the outer one did not, so at the very least, the inner one is okay. They, they, they don't have any limitation, but the outer one, they have their own problem. If the outer one made an Eruv and the inner one did not, since the inner one is considered in a certain way to have an impact on the outer one, the fact that the inner one didn't make an, an Eruv will still cause the outer one to be prohibited to carry in their own Chatser because they need the inner one to do its responsibility. If the inner one doesn't have an Eruv then they're going to have a problem. If each one makes its own Eruv, right, so then what happens is, uh, so each one will be okay in its, uh, in its own domain. In other words, if, if there's an inner, the, the, where both of them did their responsibility, the inner courtyard made its own Eruv, the outer courtyard made its own Eruv, they don't have to make an Eruv with each other. Meaning, even though the inner courtyard people are going to walk through the outer courtyard, and so in a way, they have an impact on, uh, on the outer courtyard. They don't have to join in an Eruv with the outer courtyard. Uh, they just have to make sure that they fulfilled their responsibility of an Eruv in, in their own courtyard. Okay. However, if there is a door or no door, does it make any difference? It, it's going to talk about that later. Rabbi Akiva oser achitzona. Rabbi Akiva prohibits the outer courtyard. Now, this is the position of Rabbi Akiva we've seen before. That according to the Chachamim, if the inner courtyard has fulfilled its responsibility to make an Eruv, even though that Eruv does not include the outer courtyard, still they no longer are going to impact the outer courtyard negatively. According to Rabbi Akiva, the inner courtyard must make an Eruv with the outer courtyard, meaning even if the inner courtyard made their own Eruv, that's not enough, because the fact is they also are, in a way, residents of the outer courtyard, because they use the outer courtyard to get out. So they need to be in an Eruv with the outer courtyard. Otherwise, they're going to impinge on the outer courtyard to prevent the outer courtyard from using its own chatzer. It's almost like they can have the best of both worlds because they can have their own chatzers fine, but they are still holding back the outer courtyard from using its chatzer. The rabbis say no. Simply the fact that the people in the inner courtyard walk through the outer courtyard is not a problem. The problem is only if the people in the inner courtyard didn't fulfill the responsibility of making their own eruv. But if they made their own eruv, even though that eruv doesn't include the people in the outer courtyard, they have two independent eruvim, 
that's fine, according to the Chachamim. We're going to see Gemara is going to talk about that. Now again, we've seen this concept before. If one of the members of the outer courtyard forgot to participate in the Eruv and he didn't participate, so that's not going to affect the inner courtyard. Because again, we said the inner courtyard has the upper hand. Right? Because the inner courtyard can be its own entity, but it also influences the outer courtyard. The outer courtyard has no impact on the inner courtyard, really, because the outer courtyard doesn't pass through the inner courtyard. They don't need to. Okay? It's like going into a dead end. Huh? Right? Right, but since they go through, they're considered members. It's a, they're, they're considered members of that courtyard also. But carrying. The, right, the only limitation is carrying. So... If an eruv is not done, it's not that you can't walk in your courtyard, it's that you can't carry things from the house into the courtyard. But the point is that if the people who are living in the inner courtyard use the outer courtyard as their exit, so they're also considered members of that outer courtyard. So it's as if the people in the outer courtyard didn't make an eruv, because they didn't include the people that live in the inner courtyard. Right. However, now if the mem- if the inner courtyard, somebody from the inner courtyard messed up, in other words, in a case where each courtyard has its own eruv, if, um, if the outer courtyard messed up and one of the people didn't participate, so that's only going to affect them. It's not going to affect the inner courtyard. But if somebody in the inner courtyard messed up, since the inner courtyard having an eruv is necessary to, to allow the outer courtyard to have an eruv, even according to the Chachamim, so, uh, so therefore, if, there, if somebody in the inner courtyard messed up, it's going to ruin it for everybody. Okay, if they put their eruv in one place. Now, Rashi explains, and the Gemara is going to explain that this means putting it in the outer courtyard. If they all made an Eruv together, the inner courtyard and the outer courtyard, they all wanted to be one happy family, which is one of their options, and they put the Eruv in the outter courtyard. And now, now it becomes that since they made one Eruv, in other words, when they made two different Eruvin that were independent, so you could measure each one independently and say, well, if the person from the outer courtyard made a mistake, so we'll just exclude them and we'll let the inner courtyard be okay. If somebody from the inner courtyard made a mistake, we'll... we'll uh, that's going to affect everybody. But if they made one big Eruv, so then it doesn't matter. If anybody forgot, it's going to impact everybody because they're all one entity now. They're all, both of the Chatzorot become one entity now. Now, why, is, why, is it, uh, why does it work that way? Because as a, the Gemara is going to explain a little bit further, but basically because insofar, if it's a person from the outer courtyard that messed up, so then the outer courtyard, that's where the Eruv is and it's not effective because they didn't... Uh, because they didn't um, uh, part- all participate, and if the, somebody from the inner courtyard messed up, um, it's you know they're they're uh, they're uh, that person in the inner courtyard. They don't have the eruv with them, so they can't do bitul reshut across chatzeros. We're going to see the gemara is going to explain why it won't work either way. But in any case, if it's just one house in each one of the chatzeros, so then they don't need to make an eruv. What is the idea? Meaning, if two people, if two houses were were located in one. Uh, so then they have to make an Eruv with each other. In this case, the inner and the outer, they don't have to make an Eruv with each other, right? They're allowed to make, it, the inner courtyard can make one Eruv and the outer courtyard can make another Eruv. They don't have to uh, consolidate into one Eruv. So that means that they're not automatically considered obligated to make one Eruv together, which means that even if you have one house inside and one house outside, meaning one house in the inner courtyard, one house in the outer courtyard, they're not, they're not prohibit each other. In other words, they don't automatically 
force an Eruv to be made in that case. You have to have at least two residents of one of the Chatzirot to create an obligation of Eruv. So the, obviously there's a Chidush here because we're saying all along that the inner courtyard has an impact on the outer courtyard. So why don't we also say that if one person lives in the inner courtyard and one person lives in the outer courtyard that the, he, he creates an obligation. But it doesn't go that far apparently as to create the obligation of Eruv Chatzirot. That's the, uh, that's the novelty in the last point. Now the Gemara says like this and the Gemara is going to is going to put forth an interpretation of the Mishnah that doesn't fit very well and is eventually going to revise it. So it says, Ki ata Rav Dimi. When Rav Dimi came, meaning Rav Dimi was from Israel, he came to Bavel. This Mishnah is all following Rabbi Akiva. That Rabbi Akiva says that even meaning if the inner courtyard is permitted to the residents of that courtyard because they made an Erovei Chatserot, so they're allowed to move things in and out of their Chatserot, but these residents go through the outer courtyard to get to the uh, public domain. So even though they are permitted in their own Chatserot to, to carry things around, they will prohibit the outer Chatserot. Okay, meaning to say that um, it, unless the inner courtyard people join with the outer courtyard people. According to Rabbi Akiva, the inner courtyard people always have to join with the outer courtyard people or they're going to create a problem. Okay? But, according to Rabbi Anai, he goes to the other extreme. And this is, it doesn't exactly fit our Mishnah, as we're going to see. He says there are two extreme positions. There's Rabbi Akiva that says that even if the people in the inner courtyard made their own Eruvei Chatserot, they still interfere with the outer Chatser. Because they still use it for traffic. And therefore, unless the inner Chatser and the outer Chatser make one Eruv, the outer Chatser is always going to be at a disadvantage and never be able to carry in their Chatser. And the rabbis say the opposite. Even if the people on the inner courtyard didn't make an Eruv, meaning even if they didn't make an Eruv, it has no impact on the outer courtyard. Meaning, it's not going to have an impact on them. The fact that they walk through is not going to have an impact at all. Two extremes. According to Rabbi Anai, it's two extremes. Now, the Gemara is going to show that that's not a convincing read of the Mishnah, but first it's going to try to salvage that reading of the Mishnah. It says, Tanan, look at our Mishnah. It said that if the outer courtyard made an Eruv, but the inner did not, they're both going to be prohibited. Now, we understood because the inner courtyard impinges on the outer courtyard. Now, according to Rabbi Anai, that would only be true According to Rabbi Akiva. According to Rabbi Anai, the rabbis say the inner courtyard has no effect at all on the outer courtyard just because it passes through there. It doesn't mean anything. So therefore, it, who are we going to have to say that follows? Now, if you're going to tell me that that's Rabbi Akiva, our Mishnah that says that, that if the inner courtyard doesn't make an Eruv, they affect the outer courtyard, must only be Rabbi Akiva. So why does it mention where the inner courtyard didn't make an Eruv? After all, according to Rabbi Akiva, even if they did make an Eruv, it messes it up for the, uh, uh, for the um, outer courtyard. El Alav, Rabbanan, rather it's the rabbis. Right? In other words, it must be the rabbis. And you see that the rabbis are distinguishing between whether the inner courtyard made an eruv or not. It's not all or nothing. Either the inner courtyard always ruins it for the outer courtyard or it never does. There's something in the middle. There's if the inner courtyard makes an eruv good and if the inner courtyard doesn't make one bad. So it says, no, le'olam rabbi akiva afzo katani. It's a situation of lozo afzo, which means to say that even if, meaning not only if they made an Eruv, not only if they didn't make an Eruv, did they make a, uh, a problem, even if, they, uh, the, even if they made an Eruv, it's going to be a problem. Okay? In other words, it's stating one case, but really uh, both cases are true. Both if they didn't make an Eruv, they cause a problem, and if they didn't, it causes a problem. 
Okay, so so th- that's the way that uh, they're, so they're trying to argue that our Mishnah, whenever it says the inner courtyard affects the outer courtyard, it can only be talking Rabbi Akiva's position, and it can only be talking all or nothing. There's nothing in the middle. So when it sounds like it's saying there's a difference when they made an eruv or they didn't, that's just an example that they when they didn't make an eruv. But actually, even if they did, it's a problem. Okay, now it says tonight. Look at the Mishnah again. That's clearly. Saying that if each chatzer made its own uh, eruv, it's no problem because the inner ki- courtyard is good and the outer courtyard is good, and they don't have to make one with each other. So tamad the eruvah. The implication is that's only because they made an eruv. But But the implication is that if the inner courtyard, let's say, didn't make an eruv chatzerot, so now they're going to prohibit the outer courtyard. Right. So the implication is that the inner courtyard, if it is didn't make a, 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 an Eruvei Chatzerot, it's going to prohibit the outer courtyard. If it did make one, it won't prohibit the outer courtyard. Mani, who is the author? Ma, uh, so it said, Mani ha, ile ma Rabbi Akiva, if it's Rabbi Akiva, filo regala muterat nami. So then, even, even if they made an Eruvei in the inner courtyard, it will be a problem. El alav rabbanani. Rather, it must be the rabbis. In other words, the Gemara is saying that it doesn't seem like it's all or nothing. It seems like there's an, an, because it's saying, if they made an Eruv, they both made an Eruv, then they're good. The inner courtyard will not, will not affect the outer courtyard. But we know that Rabbi Akiva says that if the, even if the inner courtyard makes an Eruv, they still ruin it for the outer courtyard. They have to all make an Eruv together according to Rabbi Akiva. So it, does, it doesn't work. Right? So why is it saying that if they made an Eruv, everything is okay? If they didn't, then it's not okay. Rabbi Akiva is saying, no, in all cases it's not okay. And the Chachamim, according to what Rabbi Anai is saying, say in all cases it is okay. Even if they didn't make an Eruv, they don't affect the outer courtyard, according to Rebbe uh, Anai's interpretation. So there's no, like, room for gray area here. So Gemara says, and more, moreover, the fact that in the Mishnah, it says, these are the words of Rebbe Akiva, it mentions, Rebbe Akiva oser achitzona. So that shows you that the beginning of the Mishnah was not Rebbe Akiva. Because why in the middle of the Mishnah would it say, Rebbe Akiva prohibits? That implies that the previous part was not Rabbi Akiva. So there are obviously, there's obviously an opinion that says that if the inner courtyard made an Eruv, they don't affect the outer courtyard. If the inner courtyard did not make an Eruv, then they do affect the outer courtyard, and that's the Chachamim. So the Gemara says, no, we'll still, we'll still salvage it. No, we'll say that, uh, that no, Kula Rabbi Akiva, it's all Rabbi Akiva, there's something missing from the Mishnah. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean literally there's something missing, but meaning there is a something between the lines that you have to read, which is that if they each made their own Eruv, each one is good in its own right, meaning the inner courtyard can now carry in its courtyard and the outer courtyard can carry in its. It doesn't say anything about that in the Mishnah. When is that true? When they made a door. Okay, but if they didn't make a door, Rabbi Akiva will say that then the, um, the outer courtyard is going to be prohibited. Rabbi Akiva oseret achitzona mipnei shedurisat aregel oseret. Chachami omrim, endurisat aregel oseret. He's totally rewriting the Mishnah. They're rewriting the Mishnah. He's saying really what the Mishnah means is this. If the inner courtyard made an eruv and the outer courtyard made an eruv, okay, then each one is okay in its own area as long as shastad as long as they put a door 
limiting access between the inner courtyard and the outer courtyard, as if to say we're separate, as if to say we're separate. But if they didn't do that, then even though the inner courtyard made an eruv, they're still going to be considered part of the outer courtyard, according to Rabbi Akiva, and they're still going to prohibit the people in the outer courtyard unless they all make one big eruv together. Chachamim say, that in general, that the fact that the inner courtyard uses the outer courtyard is insignificant. You don't need to do anything. As long as each, even if the inner courtyard did not make an Eruv Echatzerot, it has no impact whatsoever on the outer courtyard, according to Chachamim. That's how Rabbi Yanai is reading the Mishnah. Now, obviously, that requires amending the Mishnah, inserting a sent- an entire sentence that's not present anywhere in our Mishnah, and, you know, being very creative with the, uh, with, with the interpretation here. Right, but he wants to salvage his view that there's it's all or nothing. Either these two chatzerot are considered one entity no matter what, or these two chatzerot are considered independent. But there's no middle ground that oh, if the inner courtyard did X, then it's uh, then it's connected, and if they if if, if and then it's going to prohibit the outer courtyard, and if they didn't, uh, you know, and if they did Y, then 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 they're going to it's going to be okay for the outer courtyard. There's no middle ground according to Rabbi Anai. Wait a second, wait a second, this doesn't work. Because it says, if there's Shaliyachidim, if the individuals who reside in the respective courtyards, in other words, you have the inner and the outer courtyard, there's only one house in each courtyard, so then they don't need to make any Eruv. But the implication is, if there's more than one per, uh, household in the Chatzirot, then they do require an Eruv. Alma regela muteret bimkoma ena oseret regela osua oseret. So what's the implication that a if the person is permitted in their area? So as she says that um, that uh, uh, where is it? Does he say? Oh, I thought he said no. Okay, so I thought that was on this. No, so what? So what's the point that if you have two individuals living in those chatzirot, they don't require anything? Right, but if they did, if they if there's more than one household in one of the chatzot, that does require something. So that means that it makes a difference whether the there whether an eruv is done. That alma regel meaning in as long as the inner courtyard doesn't require any eruv because it's only an individual in there, it doesn't make any difference. But once you would have another household in that inner courtyard, and now there's an obligation of eruv, if it wasn't done, it will affect also the outer courtyard. It will affect the outer courtyard. Okay? So, that, so you see that it makes a difference. Ve'od mativ Ravina, and Ravina showed another example. The Mishnah said that if one of the people in the outer courtyard forgot and didn't participate in the Eruv, then the inner courtyard is okay, but the outer courtyard is not okay. Right? But if somebody from the inner courtyard forgot to participate in the, in the global Eruv of everybody, so then it's going gonna, it's gonna to ruin it for everyone. So Tamad Shachach, that implies that only because he forgot. But ha, lo shachach, ten mutarot. But if he didn't forget, they're going to be okay. Alma regala mutarot in hauseret, regalas hauseret. What do you see from that? Very clearly. It's saying that if, the inner, if somebody in the inner courtyard forgot to participate, it's going to ruin it for everybody. Why? Because the inner courtyard now doesn't have a valid eruv because somebody from that group didn't participate. And that forbids everyone to carry. However, if he did participate, meaning if the, per- if the people in the inner courtyard are good, then everybody is okay. Meaning the inner courtyard 
has a has a negative impact on the outer courtyard if they fail to make a an eruv chaserot for themselves for the inner courtyard. So then that's going to have a prohibitive impact on the outer courtyard. If they made, if they fulfilled their obligation to make an eruv in the inner courtyard, now the outer courtyard will be saved. Okay, that's what the implication is because it's saying if the inner courtyard guy forgot, he messes it up for everyone. If he didn't forget, then everything is good. Okay, so that shows you that it makes a difference. Because according to Rabbi Anai's interpretation, the Chachamim should say, what difference does it make if the inner courtyard guy participated or not? The inner courtyard doesn't affect the outer courtyard at all, according to the Chachamim. <laughs> according to Rabbi Anai's reading of the Chachamim. Okay? So rather, we must come to the following conclusion. <laughs> rather, Ravin came instead of Ravdimi, and he clarified what Rabbi Anai actually said, which was not exactly 100% correct with what, what the original report. That Gimel Machlokot Badavar. There are three issues. There are three positions. Tanakama Tanakama holds like what we've been saying up till now. That it depends. If the inner courtyard satisfied their obligation to make an Erove Chatzirot for themselves, they will no longer impact negatively on the outer courtyard. Then you have Rabbi Akiva According to Rabbi Akiva, it's all one courtyard, basically. You can't separate the two, so it doesn't matter. Even if the inner courtyard made its own the fact that they're also involved with the outer courtyard because they, their traffic goes through there means that the outer courtyard also has to join with them. Otherwise, the outer courtyard is going to be disadvantaged. That's according to Rabbi Akiva, no matter what. And for Rabbi try, but the latter rabbis in the Mishnah, they say the, they say the position that Rabbi and I was saying. That even uh, that even um, if they didn't make an eruv vechatzerot, they're going to prohibit the uh, they're not going to prohibit the outer courtyard. So basically, you have three opinions. Okay, one of the two extremes. One opinion says it doesn't matter what the inner courtyard does for itself, whether it makes an eruv vechatzerot or it doesn't make an eruv vechatzerot. According to Rabbi Akiva. That inner courtyard is considered a member, in some sense, of the outer courtyard. And therefore, the fact that they go through the outer courtyard is going to cause the outer courtyard to be considered uneruved unless they join with the inner courtyard in one big eruv. That is Rabbi Akiva's view. No matter what the inner courtyard does, the outer courtyard is going to be in trouble unless they unite with the inner courtyard. Then you have the other extreme of the Chachamim, what it's called here, Rabbanam Batrai, the later rabbis, that no matter what the inner courtyard does, it's irrelevant to the outer courtyard. Meaning the very, just the fact that the inner courtyard walks through the outer courtyard doesn't mean anything. They're not members of the outer courtyard because they walk through, even if it's a regular thing that they walk through because they don't live in that courtyard. So it doesn't matter whether the inner courtyard makes an eruv or doesn't make an eruv, they're going to have no impact. So these are the two extremes, right? Rabbi Akiva says they always have an impact negatively unless they're all one entity. And, and the Chachamim, later Chachamim say that, the, uh, that they never have an impact because what's the relevance? And then you have the middle view that says if the inner courtyard made an eruv so that at least in their own space they're, they're allowed to carry things, so then they won't interfere with the outer courtyard's ability to make an eruv. But if they didn't make an eruv so that they're forbidden from carrying, now they're also going to drag down the outer courtyard and prevent them and interfere with them making an eruv. That's the middle position. So you have these three positions here laid out. And really, um, that's how the, that fits better with the Mishnah because you don't have to interpolate any additional lines or any additional statements that were not there to begin with. So now we talk about where they took the Eruv from the two. So the two Chatserot decided to unite together and they put their 
Eruv food in the outer courtyard, the Gemara is going to say. My makom echad. What does it mean? One area. They put it in one place. It means the outer courtyard. Where did they decide to put it in the outer courtyard? Now, why is it one place? It should probably say ve'amai. Not my, right? Yeah, ve'amai, it should say. Ve'amai karula makom echad. Why is it called one place? A place that is designated for both of them. In other words, why, they would put it in the outer courtyard because that's the area that they both share. The inner courtyard passes through it and the outer courtyard lives there. Okay? Second, now we're on Amud Bet. We have a brighter that says the similar thing. If they put the Eruv in the outer courtyard, and now if you put the, if you put the Eruv in the outer courtyard, and somebody forgot to participate, whether it's somebody from the inside or the outside, uh, then they're both going to be prohibited. In other words, the, the, because the Eruv is not with the inner courtyard, so there's nothing they can really do because it's not with them. And the outer courtyard is missing somebody from either the inner or the outer courtyard participate, so it's not going to be good. If, it, if they put the Eruv in the inner one, and similarly, if they put the Eruv in the inner courtyard and somebody from the inner courtyard forgot to participate. There's also nothing anybody could do because since both of the Chatzarot made one Eruv and the Eruv failed because somebody didn't join, so they're going to be in trouble. But if, if in that case, where the Eruv is in the inner courtyard, somebody from the outer courtyard didn't participate, Rabbi Akiva says the same thing. That basically, if anybody, no matter where you put the Eruv, first of all, according to Rabbi Akiva, they always have to make one Eruv to be able to carry. And he says, if anybody in the either side no matter where you put the Eruv, if anybody on either side didn't participate, then everyone is down. However, the rabbis say, no, that's the only case we can salvage it. Why? Because the Eruv is in the inner courtyard, and the person who didn't participate in the Eruv is in the outer courtyard. So what do we do? So what's the reason? So the reason is because the inner courtyard can just say, we don't want anything to do with the outer courtyard. That's all. You guys, the Eruv is with us, right? The, the food of the Eruv is with us. And you guys didn't participate. Somebody from your group didn't participate. Fine. So we're just seeding, we're seceding from you. We just don't want anything to do with you. We're just going to pull back and we're not going to have anything to do with you. Right? Because they were the ones who, inter- who messed it up. So what is the reason why the inner courtyard can get away with it? Because they say, well, we have the Eruv by us. One of your guys in the outer courtyard didn't participate. But we're just going to say we're a separate entity. We don't want anything to do with you. We didn't, we, why, why should we have to be messed up because of you? Right? So Rabbi Akiva, Nami, Why can't Rabbi Akiva also agree with that? Why does Rabbi Akiva not agree with the idea? Why can't the inner courtyard just close its doors and basically say we're a separate entity and we don't want the outer guy? And since the outer, once we exclude the outer guy, now we can have our own Eruv at least. He said to him, the reason why he doesn't buy that is because once they have an Eruv between these two places, so people are already accustomed to going back and forth between them, carrying things back and forth between them. So we don't want to have a situation where, um, you know, where there's already a, uh, in other words, if we allow now, if we, if we validate the Eruv that's inside, it's not so simple that the inner courtyard can just say, well, we're, we're, we're cut off from you because probably people from the outer courtyard go in and out of the inner courtyard too sometimes. But the Rabbanan why don't we say the same thing for the rabbis? Why are the rabbis not concerned? Why do they say that the people in the inner courtyard can just say we're seceding from this union and we want to be on our own? 
Because the Amra, the Takunei, she Taftich, Look, we, we invited you guys, you know, to be a part of this so that you could, it would be nice. We all have one Eru, we'll be one happy family. You messed up. You didn't get everybody involved. Now we have to suffer, right? It says, means we got you in. We, we, we involved you, like Shituf. We involved you. We, we, we wanted you to come to help. And what did you do? You messed up. We don't want you now. Right there, basically the idea is we invited you to participate, but now you're ruining our eruv, so you're out. The Rabbi Akiva nami So why can't Rabbi Akiva buy the same idea? Why doesn't Rabbi Akiva say you're right? The inner courtyard should be able to pull back and say we don't want our involvement in the outer courtyard. It was nice when it was going to give us an additional advantage, but now that it's ruining our eruv, we don't want it. So the Amrala. He said because you know there's another way you can solve the problem. Which is that they can do bitul rishut. The people in the outer courtyard can nullify, relinquish their rights, like we've seen before, and therefore enable the inner courtyard to uh, to have their eruv. So what does that mean? So so this is kind of a softening of what we thought before, because initially we, huh? Yeah. So yeah, but they are. So he's saying he's right. So Rabbi Akiva says that they are basically because they can never really have. Um, the outer courtyard is never totally independent from the inner courtyard, according to him. So basically, they say, listen, we can do bitul rishut, and we can allow you to carry your rishut, so therefore you can't say automatically. In other words, the, this is like softening the machloket a little bit. It's not that Rabbi Akiva is saying that the inner courtyard is now stuck and there's nothing they can do. He's saying they're stuck unless the outer courtyard nullifies its rights, to be able to carry in and out of the of the chatzir because the, because since it's according to the chachamim it's automatic if the outer guy one of the outer guys didn't participate automatically the eruv of the inner guys like excludes him because they say we we, we only had this arrangement for our benefit not for our uh, detriment right according to Rabbi according to Rabbi Kiva, it's not so simple since they could ha- since there's another alternative that the people in the outer courtyard could nullify their rights. To the people in the inner courtyard, why should we automatically say the inner courtyard is good? Okay, but the Chachamim will say, The rabbis hold there's no bitul shoot from one chatzir to another, as we've seen before. Somebody in one chatzir cannot nullify his rights to people in another chatzir. And so therefore, since they can't do that, so the, automatically their presence and involvement is only a detriment. And therefore, we exclude them automatically from the Eruv if they failed to participate. If the outer people fail to participate, since the Eruv is in the inner courtyard, that, and the person from the outer <coughs> courtyard failed to participate with his group, he's automatically excluded. So, so you're saying that really what this machloket here between the rabbis and Rabbi Akiva boils down to is whether you can have bitul rishut from one courtyard to the other. Because you're saying the Chachamim say that automatically if the person from the outer courtyard failed to participate in the Eruv, which is a unifying Eruv between the two Chatzirot, and the food of the Eruv was actually in the inner courtyard, you're saying that automatically the inner courtyard is excluding the outer courtyard because there's nothing else that can be done otherwise because the outer courtyard can't nullify its rights to the inner courtyard because that's across Chatzirot, right? And that Rabbi Akiva says, no, since there's still the possibility of nullifying rights from one courtyard to the other, there's an, another alternative. You can't automatically say that the, uh, the outer courtyard is excluded. So you're saying basically this machloket is the same machloket that we've seen before, that the Shmuel Amar Rabbanan, that the rabbis here are really following the same position of Shmuel, 
which is that you can't nullify rights one chatzir to the other. For Rabbi Yochanan, the Amar Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Yochanan, who says you can nullify, people in one courtyard can nullify and relinquish their rights to people in another courtyard, enabling them to carry. So uh, so you're saying that, uh, that that's actually the machloka between Rabbi Yochanan and, and Shmuel, whether you're allowed, whether people in one chatzir are allowed to nullify their rights to people in another chatzir is just the same machloka as Rabbi Akiva and the rabbis here. Right? So it says, no, Amar Lach Shmuel says, no, 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 not necessarily. Because my idea that you can't nullify rights or relinquish rights one chater to the other even fits with Rabbi Akiva. Why? Because Because over here, why is Rabbi Akiva saying that, the, that people in one chater can nullify to the other chater? Because they impact each other. Because the people on the outer chater are going are gonna to end up, uh, because they didn't properly execute their uh, responsibilities and join with the Eruv, one of the guys there, right? So now they're going to ruin the Eruv for the inner courtyard. They're going to prohibit them. So therefore, they're allowed to do bitul shoot. But the normal case of bitul shoot from one chater to the other that we saw is, um, is a, uh, is the, uh, is the case of two chaterot that are next to each other. Where they don't have to join with each other to begin with. And, but one, one chatzir wants to allow people from the other chatzir to come carry articles from the, from that chatzir or from the houses in that chatzir into, into it for whatever reason. So they want to nullify their rights. But they don't actually prohibit the people on the other chatzir because they're two independent chatzirot. So that's why I don't allow it because it's gratuitous. It's not necessary. But here where the outer chatzir actually has an effect on the inner chatzir, I would say for sure. For Rabbi Yochanan, and Rabbi Yochanan will also say, true that I said that you can do bitul rashut from one, uh, from one chatzir to the other. But that was only in, uh, that was in a different case. But here, but I, but here I would, I could agree with, with the rabbis because, he says that over he, that when it comes to uh, uh, over here, he'll say that why is it that automatically the eruv excludes? Because basically, what the chachamim are saying is that since the guy in the outer chater failed to failed in his responsibility and didn't join with the inner chater, the inner chater automatically excludes him from that eruv and keeps to itself. Right? So he says, that's because until they actually do bitul, meaning even though I, Rabbi Yochanan, say that you can do bitul rishud from one chatzar to the other, but until the point that they did, right, the outer courtyard is just a disadvantage to the inner courtyard and hasn't done anything. So that's why I'm saying that they can just say, we exclude you, right? But in other cases, there's that consideration is not there. In other words, in that consideration, the bitul rishud is being done. The question is just whether... Um, nullifying of rights can be done from one chatzir to the other is a different question. Here, as long as the nullification, it's true that nullification of, of, of rights can be done from one, uh, one chatzir to another according to Rabbi Yochanan, but the only thing is, until it's done, until it's done, right? Or let's say they don't agree to do it, right? Let, maybe they're not going to agree. So as far as the inner chatzir is concerned, the outer chatzir is nothing but a liability. And that's why it's not necessarily, you don't necessarily have to go with one or the other view. In other words, you could say that, no, actually, both the rabbis and Rabbi Akiva here could both say that bitul rishud works from one courtyard to the other. The only thing is that Rabbi Akiva says, since it works, therefore, the people in the inner courtyard can't unilaterally say we withdraw from the outer courtyard. They have to seek bitul rishud instead. And according to the Chachamim, no, since at the moment that the situation comes to light, they haven't done bitul rishut yet. So that means that the inner courtyard can basically say, we intended to exclude you if you were going to cause harm to our Eruv. And it automatically means that Eruv excludes the people on the outside and they don't even need to do bitul rishut because it just excludes them. 
Okay? That would be the machloket according to this. Now, we said that if there's one person living in the inner courtyard and one in the outer courtyard, they don't create any obligation of Erobei Chatzor. And we said that the reason why that's a chidush is because even though we're saying that the inner courtyard passing through the outer courtyard creates problems for the outer courtyard, it doesn't mean that they actually live together and would have an obligation of Erobei Chatzor. Rabbi Yosef, Tanei Rabbi, Rabbi Yosef said, this is a very interesting Gemara for many reasons, actually. He says, Rabbi taught in a Braita, Hayush Losha Asurin, if there are three then they become prohibited. Now, the point is like this, that if there were two in the inner courtyard and one in the outer courtyard, so there's an obligation of for sure on the people on the inside, and, uh, and the, the guy on the outside, because the people on the inside pass through, so, you know, that the, whether the people on the inside make an Eruv is going to have an impact, right? So, the, where, if the two are on the outside, so as she explains here, he says, Ben... Uh, certainly if there are two people in the inner courtyard because if they don't fulfill their obligation to make an Erovei Chatzot they're going to prohibit the guy in the outer courtyard but even if the two are on the outside then all of them have to join together in other words meaning once you have two in one of the Chatzot they all have to join together because they're going to create problems for each other okay now so even though really you could say that if the outer courtyard is, um, you know, makes its, uh, the guy in the inner courtyard is by himself. So he doesn't really require any Erovei uh, Chatzot. And as long as the people on the outside make an Erovei Chatzot, what's the relevance of the, shouldn't be relevant to them. But if the inner courtyard had two people living there that have an obligation of Erovei Chatzot, we said if they, don't ex- if they don't fulfill it, so then they ruin it for the guy in the, in the, uh, on the, uh, in the outer courtyard. But why should it be vice versa? It's vice versa because maybe people will get confused, basically. Okay, that's what he said. Now, Amalu Rav Bevai, Rav Bevai said, <coughs> Don't listen to what Rav Yosef just said. It's not Bibi. What? It, uh, we go over this every time. It's not Bibi. It's for sure not. Grammatically, <laughs> yeah. Right, it's Bevai, isn't it? Right, it's, <laughs> I told you this teaching, and I told you it in the name of Rav Adabar Ava. That the reason why is that since the, uh, it, whether there are two people in the outer courtyard or the inner courtyard, they all have to make an Eruv together. Because otherwise you have a confusion. Because when the people in the inner courtyard are two, so for sure they need to make an Eruv or they will interfere with the guy in the outer courtyard because they pass through it and we said that that has an impact. If the guy's on the outside, the two are on the outside and they make an Eruv or not, it shouldn't really affect the guy on the inside. Shouldn't affect it. Okay, so but there, but we're saying that they all have to join together in either case. That's what that was the gzera that they made. So why does he say don't listen to Rav Yosef? He says because Amar Rav Yosef Mareid Avram. He said Master of Avram, meaning by God, Rabim Berabi Echlafli. I mixed up the word Rabbi and the word Rabim, meaning that why did why did Rav Bevai say don't listen to Rav Yosef? Because Rav Yosef said Tanei Rabbi. He said, Rabbi taught the following b'rita, Rabbi Udanasi. But really it was, it should have been Rabim, right, Hayu? Meaning that there's a, there's a majority, there's, there's, there's a plurality, there's more than one individual, Rabim, not Rabbi. So he mixed it up because Rashi says, Rav Yosef got when he got ill, he forgot his learning, and, and, uh, and so he, would, he confused things um, as a result of forgetting his learning, and so he confused the word Rabbi and the word Rabim. 
Okay, so that was the, um, so it's a little, it's sad, it's interesting that the Gemara quotes this, you know, this correction. He just made a mistake because of his, uh, because of his illness. But the, um, but it, the, that remains, the, the point remains the same. He just corrected him that it doesn't say Rabbi, it says Rabim. Okay, meaning if there are two houses in either the inner or the outer chatzir, they all have to make a an eruv. Was the chachamim hold that, not Rabbi? Meaning that it was no, it was Rav Adabar Ahava. He said Rav Adabar Ahava said that. So what does Rabim over here mean? More than one person. Meaning if either Chatzir has more than one house. He meant it when it comes to the outdoor. Either one. If either one of the Chatzirot has two houses in it, then they all have to make together. Even if there's only three all together. There's one on the inside and two on the outside, or two on the inside and one on the outside. They all have to join together. They all have to join together. Because otherwise it's going to be confusion um, because people will not realize that the the outer courtyard is the one that has only two people and the inner courtyard doesn't. So they'll be confused. Right? So Shmuel says, no. Shmuel disagreed with Rav Adabarava and he said that no, unless there are two people on the inner courtyard and one on the outer, then you need them all to be together. But if they, but if the two are on the outside, then uh, whether they make an eruv or not is not going to impact the guy in the, in the, in, in the inside. It should have, make an, uh, have an impact. And similarly, a non-Jew is like many, meaning if a non-Jew lives inside the uh, courtyard, so also they have to rent from him. So it says, So what if you have only one Jew on the inner courtyard? We said that he doesn't prohibit the people on the outer courtyard. They don't need to make an eruv with him because people will know. So he says, because people who know the situation will know that only one person lives in the inner courtyard and two people live in the outer, and that's why the guy in the inner courtyard didn't have to make any rule with them. And the person who doesn't know the situation will just make, assume they did make any rule. He's not going to know. Meaning, if you know the situation that closely, you're going to know the details. And if you don't know it, you're not going to know. Right? So here too, And here with the non-Jew, if you know... Right, if you know the situation, then you'll say, "Oh, a non-Jew lives in there." Right, and and uh, and they and they uh, and and the halacha is that uh, uh, that uh, you know that, that uh, he doesn't have to rent from him because only one uh, he's only one guy living in there. Right, so and if you don't know the situation, then you'll say agire oger that they probably made uh, you know the the schirut, they probably did rent from him. In other words, in a situation where the the reality is ambiguous, we don't know what the story is. So if a person knows closely enough to know the details, they're going to know the details that it's just a one non-Jew living in there, and therefore it shouldn't be an issue. On the other hand, if the they don't know the details, they'll just assume they probably rented from him. So they're not going to make any assumptions either way. They're not going to know what the, uh, uh, you know, what the situation really is. So the Gemara answers that no, that stam nochi i itad oger The average non-Jew, if they did come and rent the area from him, so they, they really, he would talk about it. It would, it would it would become known. It would become known. Oh, did you know that these Jews they came Why? and they rented? Apparently, they would they would talk about it. They would they would speak about it. That's the assumption. Says kala that it would get out. It would be known. So the um so therefore Rashi says that So a person who doesn't know that he's the only person living in there won't know that if he were living there and a Jew was living, two Jews were living inside. So then they would have a problem, right? They don't know what the exact setup of who lives in the inner courtyard, who lives in the outer courtyard, right? Or they would think that they made an eruv, but they didn't include 
the non-Jew. They didn't rent from the non-Jew. So people will not know the full story. So in order to be clear, even though that non-Jew lives in there, so Rashi says, So he, even though they don't technically live in the same chatzer as the non-Jew, and he just passes through their chatzer. They have to go and rent from him in order to make an eruv, even for the outer chatzer. Even though technically that would only be the case if they shared a chatzer, that they have to go and rent the shared space, the rights to the space from the non-Jew. Here, since it's unclear who lives where and what the exact setup is, and people might assume that they would know if things were done correctly or not, so therefore we have to go out of our way and make sure that even in that case, since he does pass through regularly, pass through the, pass through the chatzer of the outer chatzer regularly, they have to make a, uh, a rental from him, even though technically normally they wouldn't have to, in order to avoid uh, people making a mistake and thinking that it's not necessary in cases where it is necessary. So just to be careful, we require the schirut there as well. If they don't 